How many know that God's favor is amazing? If you don't know that, you need to know that. God's favor is better than anything man's favor can do. I today want to talk about God's favor. We're going to talk about God's favor. We already have God's favor. If you're a child of God, you're already walking in the favor of the Lord. But there's certain things you can do to position yourself to receive more favor of God. How many people understand that there's grandparents' favor is different than parents' favor? Come on now. Bring that picture up to you. I saw this this week. I thought it was pretty cool. Look at this. Yeah. Anybody relate to this? My father raising me, my father's kid, my father with my kids. Anybody ever experienced that? How many know that grandparents' favor is a whole different level than parents' favor? When I was growing up, my dad, you know, maybe we went out to eat once a week. Maybe I could squeeze a quarter or two out of them to play some video games. But that was it. We didn't ask for anything when we went to the store. If it's not your birthday, if it's not Christmas, we didn't ask for anything when we went to the store. If you want it, you go out there and earn it and come back and buy it, right? Now, my kids, I send them off to live with my parents. And I'm like, God help them. I live with them. I understand where they're going. And they come back and they're like, Dad, this is the best thing ever. Papa and Nana, they're so great. They come home with all these gifts. They're like, oh yeah, Papa takes us out to eat every day. And I call my mom and dad up, who's watching right now, by the way. And I say, who are you? Where did this come from? And they're like, sorry, sorry, Charlie, but... Grandkids get a special blessing. Grandkids get a special favor. You see, there's different, what I'm showing you, there's different levels of favor. And you can be a child of God and you can receive certain levels of favor. But I'm telling you, there's ways and things you can do, we can do that will position us to receive max favor. Well, we can walk in a bigger blessing. God wants us to walk in that blessing. If you are a child of God, you have surrendered to the lordship of God in your life. You are walking in the favor of God. You need to understand that. If I'm a child of God, I'm walking in his favor. And as I position myself according to what he's asked me to do, I can position myself for even more favor. Let's pick up our our text. We read it last week. I'm going to read it again today. Exodus 34, 6. Remember when God told Moses, this is who I am. And when the Lord passed by in front of him, Moses, he called out. This is God called out. I am Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. Let's say that line together. The God of compassion and mercy. Last week we talked about compassion. This week we're going to talk about mercy. Mercy. Turn to your neighbor and say, have mercy. All right. Mercy. Well, what is mercy? Mercy. Mercy is the favor of the Lord. Mercy is this. Because I walk in God's favor, I receive his mercy when I didn't deserve it. Because I walk in God's favor, I receive an outpouring of mercy in my life. The word mercy here is really closely related and used in the same context as we 
follow the original intent of the word favor. It's walking not only as, as in merciful and grace, but it's also walking in the favor of the Lord. You can have great expectations from God because your God is a great God. You got to understand that. You got to believe that. We serve a great God. So to gain insight on the favor of God today, I want to talk to you about a man by the name of Jacob. It's an incredible story in the Bible about a man whose name was Jacob. And his name meant cheat, cheater, deceiver, and liar. What, what a gr- Sorry for those who are named Jacob today in the house. I didn't mean to disappoint you, but back in the Old Testament, this is what his name originally meant. And his name fit him because we see early on in his life, this was his character. This is what he did. We know Jacob was stealing the, the blessing from his father. He had an older brother by the name of Esau, and Isaac was their father. And by the tradition of that day, the oldest son would always receive the blessing from the father. He received the first heritage. He received the birthright. He received all these things because the firstborn was automatically righted into this blessing that came from the father. And so Jacob was like, it's not fair that Esau gets this. I want this blessing. So one day when Esau had left to go hunting and he knew he was going to be gone a while, we know that Jacob was mama's favorite because him and mama get together and get this little little thing going on. You're like, your dad's losing his sight. He's not, he doesn't have very long. If you want to receive the blessing, this is what we're going to do. Your brother's gone. Your brother's got really hairy arms, so let's, let's take some wool, and they kind of put some wool on his arms, made his arms feel real hairy. He made him some, some famous, mom cooked him up, made some famous stew for dad that he really, really liked. And he went in, and, and, and he fed his father, and he felt his arms, and he said, he thought that he wasn't, he didn't think he was talking to Jacob, he thought he was talking to Esau. And so there he pronounced his hands and pronounced a blessing over Jacob's life. Now, when, of course, when Esau got home and he heard about it, can, can you imagine that, how that went? Oh, by the way, well, you're out hunting for the family. <laughs> I stole your blessing. And mom's like, yeah, he did. I don't know what happened. I just turned my back and he did it. Yeah, mom, right, okay. Mom, you have favorites, right? And it's the whole thing, this whole drama breaks out. It causes conflict in the family. It blows up the family dynamics. And so Jacob has to leave and flee for his life because his brother's going to kill him. And so he has to go and he leaves. And it was just this amazing, amazing story. And then we see later on, about 20 years later, where God speaks to Jacob and says, Jacob, I want you to go back home. I want you to rebuild the relationship with your brother Esau. And so we see this happening here. Though Jacob's like, all right, I got to go back home. God wants me to go back home. But before I do, it says that he sent out his servants first to go home. And he goes, and tell, and tell my brother Esau this. Let's read what he says in verse 4 and 5 of Genesis 32. So he instructed them, this is what you are to say to my Lord Esau, your servant, Jacob. Now, this is the same guy who stole his blessing. Ah, I'm your servant, right? But look what he says. I have been staying with my uncle Laban and have remained there till now. And look what he does now. He goes, I have cattle. I have donkeys. I have sheep. I have goats. I've got male and female servants. Now I'm sending this message to my Lord 
that I might find favor in your eyes. Now, remember, these lessons in the Old Testament are showing us and pointing to us our relationship with God and God's relationship with us. The Old Testament is constantly showing us the nature of God, the characteristics of God. And so what we see happening here is Jacob said, hey, bro, I've got all this wealth. I left here with nothing, but now look what I've done. I've got cattle and I've got goats and I've got all these awesome things. I've got all these people working for me. What was he doing? Jacob was trying to flex, as the kids say today, right? Dad, people try to flex. He said, what's a flex mean? It means when you're trying to impress people, you, you kind of flex. He was trying to flex his power, flex his accomplishments to win the favor of his brother. That's what he originally thought. If I can just flex and show my brother how much I've done, what I've accomplished since I've begun, I'm going to win the favor of my brother. But I want you to see this right here. Look at this statement. Just so you know. God's not impressed with your flex. You can flex to your friends all you want, but God's not impressed with our flex. We don't win the favor of God by flexing. God, look what I've done. God, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look at my titles. Look at my degrees. Look at my things I've been able to buy, accomplish. Those things are all fine and have their place in society and have a place in our own personal life. But when it comes down to it, they're not winning the favor of God. God is not going to give you favor just because you can flex up and brag on what you've accomplished. Why? Because we already have favor with God. And what happens is this, we got to position ourselves to receive that favor. How do we do that? Number one, you got to walk humbly with God. you got to humble yourself. See, we live in a society that likes to flex. We like to prove our value. That's why our social media is all the time we have a generation and another generation raising up who is constantly flexing on social media because we're trying to impress people. We're trying to prove our value. We're trying to prove our worth. We're flexing. We drive cars we can't always afford. We buy houses we may not be able to afford. We're trying to, we go, some of you ladies go in and try on clothes you can't afford and just take a picture and put it on Instagram and put it back up because you can't afford that dress. You can't afford that outfit. Why? Because you're trying to flex. Guys, come on now. We, we, we try to get our truck as high as it can get. Why? Because we're trying to flex. Come on. I'm preaching where you're living today. Listen, we want to prove our value, but I want you to know us proving our value and flexing does nothing to move the heart of God, and it does nothing to move the favor of God in your life. We need to learn to flex God in our life. If we're going to flex anything, let's flex the mercy and compassion of our God. Let's flex the grace and love of our God. Let's flex what God did on the cross for my life. Listen, there's nothing wrong with flexing, but when you flex, make sure you say, oh, anything good I've ever accomplished, anything good I've ever obtained, it only comes by the favor and mercy of God. 
Listen, young person today, don't buy into what the social media is trying to push and shove down your throat. These people do not care about you. Quit trying to impress people who could care less about you. You better begin to care about the one person who really matters, and that is what does God think about me? And to position yourself in the favor of the Lord, I flex his mercy, I flex his grace, I flex his favor. Anything good, it comes from the Lord. Anything good, we have a destiny church. It's, it's came from God. Any blessing we receive, it's not Pastor Gene. It's strictly from God. Anything good in my family, it's come from the mercy of God. God positions us for favor, and we can do this by humbling ourselves before God. God has always, look at this, God has always has a way. He has a way of humbling the proud. But the Bible says he raises up the humble. Understand that. God humbles the proud. So if you want to flex on your accomplishments, you want to flex on your possession, if you're flexing, look at what I've done, look at what I've done, God has a way of humbling you. But the more I say, no, anything good I've got, anything good I've attained, anything good I've accomplished has come from the favor and mercy of God. It's all because of God. You give it all credit to God. You're giving all glory to God. You're flexing how big God is in your life. You're flexing how good God's been to you. That's a different story because you're humbling. It's only because of God. It's only because God gave me the wisdom. It's only because God gave me the favor. You know, I'm reminded today of Dr. King. And before he was assassinated, those closest to him said he began to sense and talk about it often that he knew that his death was going to be near, that they were putting out hits on him. He got in word of this. He knew at some point there was a high chance he was going to be assassinated. And one of his last speeches that he gave I just love the way he, he spoke. And this is what he said before he died. He goes, if any of you are around when I have to meet my day, talking about when he dies, I don't want a long funeral. And if they get somebody to deliver the eulogy, tell them not to talk very long. Every, every now and then I wonder what I want that person to say. He goes, tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. He goes, that's not important. Tell them not to mention that I, I got three or 400 awards. He goes, those things are really not important. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. He goes, but I would like somebody to mention that day that Martha Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martha Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the war question. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. And I want you to be able to say that I did try to, my life, to clothe the naked. I want you to say that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. And I want you to say that day that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace and I was a drum major for righteousness. See, God can use people who humble themselves. If any good I've done, just I wanted to do it for people. You see, if we're going to flex, let's, let's flex. 
Let's flex on how many meals we're going to feed this year, the people who are starving. Let's flex on how many people in this community we're going to touch. If we're going to flex, let's flex on the things that God has done in our life. Let's flex that I was a sinner and God's grace, amazing grace, came and saved my life. That I'm no different than you and I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. That God wants to use us. You know, I love this. The guys that I've asked to help me this morning, can you guys come up here and join me real fast? You know, God expects us to humble ourselves one to another. And I was thinking about this, and as you guys are lined up here in front of me today, I'm just a good-looking guys right here, yeah. You know, we can all battle over race, who's superior, who's making more money, who's driving the best car, who's got the this or that. We can all argue over, you know, who should be doing this, who should be doing that. We can let the, the world make us hate each other. The world can keep us fighting and divided over race. But if I humble myself and you humble yourself at the cross of Jesus, look, look what happens. If I humble myself and I kneel at the cross of Jesus, what does this happen? Who's standing superior? Nobody, only Jesus. So if you will humble yourself at the cross of Jesus, and I will humble myself at the cross of Jesus, well, look across and realize we're all on the same level. We're all in this together. We're all in the favor of God together. We're all in the grace and mercy of God together. Man, I need you and you need me. And God's mercy, the only goodness we have is not because of anything my race has tried to do. The only goodness I have is because of God's mercy and favor in my life. See, look at this. If we could all just humble ourselves at the foot of the cross, then no one would be seen as superior except Jesus. There's a reason why he wants us to humble ourselves because we humble at his feet. God, there is none but you, God, your goodness and your mercy. So we all humble ourselves at your feet. And as we do that, we, we stop trying to lord over our brother. We quit trying to fight over blessing Esau and Jacob. We quit trying to fight over who's the one who's the most important, who's the one position. No, we all find ourselves at the cross of Jesus. And realize it's only because of his favor that we're here. It's only because of his mercy and compassion that he's here. And so therefore, when I'm doing this, I can say, oh, bro, man, he's telling me I can have compassion on my brother when he tells me I, I faced this and I've, I've had to go through this hardship in my life and I can have compassion and mercy. When, when I hear your story of struggle, I can, I can have compassion and mercy. Amen. See, up here I say, well, by now you should already change. By now, your attitude should already change. By now, what am I doing? No, 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 no. No, I'm right here. I'm right here. We're in this together. We're at the foot of the cross together. We're going to reach people together. We're going to love people together. We're going to show compassion together at the foot of the cross. We're going to serve together. And none of us are superior over each other. We're called to humble ourselves one to another. Give these guys a big hand. I appreciate you guys. See, there's blessing. God said there's blessing when we humble ourselves. This is not a political issue, but a biblical issue. Jesus expects us to humble ourselves one to another. 
Look at this. The church should be the model for racial restoration. But instead, the most segregated place in America is on a Sunday morning. I love it that Destiny Church is diverse. I love it, but come on now, let's get more diverse. Let's welcome more. Let's love more. Let's give favor more. Why? Because that's where the blessing's at. When we humble ourselves, the church should be the place where we model to the world how to work together, how to live together, how to worship together, how to support each other, how to cry together, how to pray one for another. Stop that flex stuff. Let's humble ourselves at the foot of the cross. Turn to your neighbor and say, I receive that in Jesus' name. See, humility doesn't have to have all the answers. When you humble yourself, doesn't mean you have all the answers. But when I humble myself, I can listen with an open heart. When I humble myself, I can learn to be empathetic. When I humble myself, I can learn from somebody else. When I humble myself, I can grow from somebody else. Now, Jacob's servants return. After he said, go tell them all this flex stuff. And it comes back to inform him that Esau has an army of 400 people. Somebody wasn't the only one flexing, right? You go tell my brother that I'm bringing my army with me. Oh, by the way, there's 400 of us. What were these guys doing? I mean, they got their own armies, their own all these servants, their own and all this stuff. They're flexing on each other. He goes, and you go tell him I'm gonna, he's gonna be there. And so he comes back, your brother's coming to meet you. He's gonna meet you before you ever get there. And he's got an army of 400 people. So Jacob gets really scared, wouldn't you? Jacob gets really scared. And he has now he's got to humble himself before God. Look what he says in verse 10 and 11 of Genesis 32. Jacob's like, I'm worthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown to your servant. He goes, when I fled for my life, all I had was my staff with me when I crossed over the Jordan. But now I become too big enough to have two different camps. But he goes, God knows how he's flexing, but he goes, but God, you've got to save me. All that doesn't matter. Any good things I've got, God, it, it came from you. It came from you. And God, I need you to save me. I pray from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and he will attack me. Also the mothers with their children. Jacob begins to humble himself before God and say, God, I, I need you. I need you. You see, there's one thing to try to flex what I've done, but when you flex God, you've done this. The first message was to his brother flexing about how much he's done and now he's flexing before the Lord saying, God, I'm flexing, but it's only because of your favor. I came here with nothing and now you've blessed me with all this and God, I need you to save me. I cannot save myself. God, I, I need you. I'm unworthy. He goes, I am unworthy. Don't you love that humbleness? He's humble. God, I'm unworthy. As I look around, I, oftentimes I say, God, I'm unworthy. God, you've allowed me to live an incredible life. God, you allow me to do incredible things. And I often say, God, I'm unworthy. It should be the prayer. God, I'm unworthy. And God, anything good I've got has come from you. In Scripture, God calls himself this, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. 
Have you ever thought about that? I mean, we find this multiple, multiple times throughout Scripture. God refers to himself, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Think about that. So if I could get these two sections right here to my left. Brian, because you guys, all you guys, let's stand up right here. Everybody in this section right here, let's say these people is the Abraham section. Abraham was a giant in faith. Abraham was the father of faith. Abraham was the father of many nations. He was the father listed in the hall of fame of, of faith people. Abraham was right there on the top listed throughout scripture. And he says, I am the God of Abraham. Remain standing. No, actually, go ahead and be seated. And then in the middle, you guys stand up right here. This middle section. You guys, we're going to call you the Isaac section. Isaac, Abraham's son. And he says, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. And Isaac was not his father. Isaac was not as strong as his father. Isaac obviously raised some dysfunctional children. and His family split. So he, we obviously see a lot, of, a lot of flaws in Isaac's life. He wasn't... He didn't abandon God, but he wasn't this giant of faith that his father was. But he says, I'm the God of Isaac. Now go ahead and sit down. Everybody else in the back and over here to my right, stand up. We're going to call you guys the Jacob section. Come on, give it up for the deceivers, the liars, the cheaters. (laughs) You guys did great. And he says, I'm the God of Isaac as well. And what I want you to get today is this. Let's all stand up across the room. Now, what did he say? He says, I'm the God of who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's say that out again. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's good news today because if we really want to be honest, probably a third of the people in here, you're giants of faith. The other third, you're somewhere in the middle and the other third, you're a bunch of heathens. But who cares? Because God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a God who does not discriminate. He's a God who gives you favor. I'm telling to tell you today, he's the God of favor. And he, I love it that he mentions that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All three I'm the God of. All three are going to walk in my favor. All three are going to walk in my blessing. That should set somebody free today. You've been trying to live your life as an Abraham, and God's got a different path for you, but he's still got the favor of God waiting for you. Give God a big hand clap as you're seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's hope for me. If God is the God of Jacob then he will love you even when you are at your lowest. Even when you've blown it, even when you've been a deceiver, even when you had to run for your life, even when you've been living in hiding for 20 years, even when you come back and you try to flex and God's not impressed, even when you handle things the wrong way, he says, I'm still the God of Jacob. He wants to remind us, see, if he's the God of Jacob, then he will love you even when you're at your lowest. If he's the God of Jacob, he will give you a future that's better than what you deserve. He didn't deserve that. 
he came back and God had blessed him with all these things. He, he was rich in that day for the possessions he had. He had attained and worked hard and he, he acquired all this wealth and he acquired all these possessions. He said, I, I have enough for two different camps and I, I've got multiple servants working for me and I've got all this happening. Why? Because he left with nothing. God's favor was with him. Are you seeing that? Even though he had blown it, even though he had made mistakes, God's favor followed him because he continued to hear and seek the voice of God. Because God said, go back, and I want you to restore your relationship with your brother. He could never have said that if he wasn't listening. So obviously, Jacob was listening to the Lord. Obviously, he was still, he may not have been doing all the great things. But he was still, no, I've got to listen to God. I, I remember, I remember my, my grandfather and I remember my father. I've got to listen to the Lord. There is where my blessing lies. See, if he's the God of Jacob, then your imperfection does not disqualify you. If he's the God of, listen, if he's just the God of Abraham, then you and I are in, only about a third of you are doing really good. The rest of us are in trouble. But because he's the God of Jacob, Isaac and Abraham, what's that mean? That means that I am living in a place of favor and my imperfection doesn't disqualify me. See, because he's a God of Jacob, he will show you favor even when you deserve judgment. That's mercy right there. When he passed by Moses, he said, I am Yahweh. The God of compassion and mercy and favor. Mercy. He's full of mercy. Because I'm in his favor, I receive mercy when I should have received more. You know, our grandkids probably needed a lot more when they were staying at Nana and Papa's. They probably needed a lot more punishment than what they got. They probably needed some of the same discipline I got when I was a kid. But because of the favor, they didn't get the punishment. They got the mercy I needed when I was a kid. So what do you do when you feel like you have an army coming against you? He had 400 that was coming to meet him. He's living in fear. What's he do? He humbled himself before God. He humbled God. I'm unworthy. God, I, I can't do this without you. God, I'm in fear for my life. And he humbled himself before God. Lord, we haven't even got past the first point yet. I still got to talk about wrestling with God. What do you do when you wrestle with the Lord? But if you want to catch the second part of this today, I want you back here for First Wednesday worship, and I'll, I'll preach the second point. We're going to talk about what to do when you have to wrestle with God and wrestle with man. It's going to be powerful. But the reason why he was able to receive the favor of the Lord and eventually we see the reason why he was able to restore his relationship with his brother was because he humbled himself before his brother and he humbled himself before God. See, if we would just humble ourselves before each other, God will take care of all that other stuff. God will reconcile relationships. God will reconcile races. God will reconcile disagreements. God will reconcile hurt. God will reconcile even betrayal and deceit. When we just humble each when we just humble ourselves before God and we humble ourselves before man. I'm sorry, brother, I hurt you. 
I'm sorry, brother, I've hurt you. If no one's ever told you that, let me, let me stand in their place today and tell you, I'm, I'm sorry to people I've hurt you. I'm sorry people didn't respect you. I'm, I'm sorry people used prejudice against you. I'm sorry you, you felt that. But I want you to know you're my brother, you're my sister. And I'm going to humble myself at the foot of the cross, and I invite you to do the same thing, and together we'll walk in the favor of the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you teach us so much about relationships and your love for us and how we're to treat each other and how we're to walk in your favor. I pray to Father, you'll teach us to be humble. Help us to resist the spirit of pride that wants to flex at every opportunity. Don't let us fall for that trap, God. Forgive us. We've all been there. We've all gotten swept up in that sometime in our life. God, we've been there trying to impress people who don't even matter instead of worrying about impressing you and doing what matters. So forgive us, God. Teach us to be humble before you and humble before each other. I just feel that spirit of release in the building today as people are in this spirit. You're praying there right now. God, forgive me. Well, if you need to pray that prayer, pray right now. God, forgive me for allowing pride to dominate my life. Let's just take time to do that right now together. Come on, in your own way. If you want to kneel where you're at, if you want to just bow your head in your chair, well, let's take time just to humble ourselves before the Lord. God, forgive us. Forgive us for trying to flex, God. Forgive us for trying to show off, gain favor with our own power. Any good thing we have, Father, it comes from you. Any blessing we've ever received has come from you. Any good thing we own, God, it comes from you. Any good thing we've accomplished, God, it comes from you. Your compassion, your mercy, your goodness over my life. Lord, we wouldn't be here without you. We wouldn't accomplish anything without you. And we humble ourselves, God. Teach us, God, to humble not only to you, but teach us to humble to each other. May words that want to trigger my pride and trigger a debate and trigger insensitivity, God, and things to happen where I'm not sensitive to my brother and my sister. God, I, I come against that right now in Jesus' name, and I just pray to God we learn to just be more humble one to another, more sensitive one to another, quick to give compassion and mercy just like you've given us one to another. Teach us, God, in the church how to be those who can reconcile hurt and racial Strive, God. May we model love and acceptance. May we model forgiveness. May we model how to walk in unity even when we're different. I pray that I can't control every church, but God, I, I can pray that over my church, God, and our church. And God, we say yes, that we want to be that church who shows that, God. But we can model your love, model your forgiveness. Soften our heart, God, where it's been hurt. Soften our heart, God, where we've had resistance. Pray that your compassion, your love, and your mercy would flow in our life today. In Jesus' name.